Zeit ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Guten Abend an alle da draußen. Ihr hört Radio Winden, Winden's number one radio station since 1953. We're turning it over to the Dark Three, only on Radio Winden. Hello, welcome to Radio Winden. Hello. Hi, I'm the mailman. I have mail. Hey. We have a very big email that I'd like to dig into. I yes. can't awesome. not read this one. Okay. The problem with really long emails is that I feel like I want to read out all of thing. what this person yeah. has to say. Mm -hmm. I hate picking and choosing what is most important, probably because I'm an anxious, an anxious being and I worry that the person's going to be like, oh, th They picked the wrong part that I was most excited about. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a really long email that I could read. the whole I fucking read. thing. Let's go. They, okay, yeah, let's go. They, yeah, they took the time to write each fucking word down. I'm I gonna, know, I right? want to hear it. Yeah, let's go. Yes, exactly. Okay. So this email comes from Julia. Julia, hello. Hey, Hi, Julia. Julia. We're finally reading your email. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it took so long. Here we go, everybody. Actually, can I run to the bathroom before I read yes. this? Because it's gonna we're yes. gonna be on it for a while, yes. and I have to piss like a fucking racehorse. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick okay. potty break, and you know what? So should you. Okay. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, good idea. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> should we leave the time in so yeah. everyone can go to the potty? Oh my god. That's terrible. <laughs> Let's just like a do like a, a sound. Can we play a music? Do, 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 do. Yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back, yes. All right. Julia, let's talk. Yes. Julia says, hi there. Hello. Hi, Julia. So I recently found your podcast and I love it. Dark is my favorite series and it's kind of hard to find people who have watched it, let alone love it as much as I do. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to listen to your podcast because I can tell that you guys care about it a lot. Yes. Yeah. Same with Meta Witches. Like, I don't think I've met or seen anyone else who cares about Dark the way that we do, but the yeah. Meta Witches do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, they did not like the way that ended. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. It's the Unknowns episode. We'll get there. The first episode that I listened to was Lovers in a Dangerous Time and absolutely loved it. As I listened, I started thinking of my interpretations and I wanted to share with you all. Yes. I know it's long, so I completely understand you don't have time for it. But if you read it, thanks and hope you enjoy it. Oh, we're reading every word. Yeah, every word. Let's go. I start by sharing some potentially interesting info on the phrase schön bist du. Then I'll add to what you said about Regina and Alexander, Francesca and Magnus, Jonas and Marta, and the characters' relationships in the final dinner scene. So my boyfriend Flo is also German. We watched all of Dark together and it's both our favorite series. Basically, he and my other German friend Chiara got in a discussion about how Ulrich said you're beautiful, to Hannah. Flo said is used more in a condescending, disingenuous way. Kind That's of what like I condescending. Thought. Dude. Oh. Well, so wait, because it's up to interpretation. Yeah. So kind of like condescending, oh, you're cute in that context. Well, du bist schön genuinely means you're beautiful. Chiara disagreed and said that they're both genuine. Either way, not the best thing to say in the situation. But yeah. if Flo is correct, then it would be very fitting to the context. Laughing cry face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget which one of you mentioned that you have a German partner, but maybe ask them and let me know. Yeah. So that would be me. And I did ask. And I think 
we came to the sort of point where saying you're beautiful, it's still genuine, but that it's still kind of like, mm, not so great if someone tells you they love you and, you and your response is you're beautiful. Yeah. Okay. I think it's the same as in English, frankly. It's the same as in English, but I do think that in English, it's a little bit more accepted to reply that way because not everyone will be on the same. I feel like in English, they're way faster to say I love you than uh, in Germany. So yeah. in the German language, if they're saying ich liebe dich, like you cannot reply with you're beautiful. You just can't yeah, do no. it. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, whoa, you know, you're way off the mark there. Um, so yeah, I just, oof, oof. Yeah. So for Regina and Alexander, I basically agreed with all of your ideas about this couple. I think it's nice that they both give each other space to disclose or not disclose everything and still love and accept each other. Relating to what you all said about learning to love yourself will allow you to accept that someone else could love you is very fitting for Alexander. He feels regret and remorse about his past and keeps it from Regina because he's scared of how she'd react and possibly not love him anymore. And it stems from the fact that he can never love himself fully or forgive himself after what he did. Yeah. It's like what you all said. It's very difficult to love yourself and be compassionate with yourself. So he loves her, but he cannot fully accept that she'd fully love him if she knew. Yeah. I think it's not super healthy, but it's also not that unhealthy. As one of you said, there's no pure love necessarily, just some that are more or less tainted than others. So they're definitely the least tainted of the loves in the series. Mm hmm. I think that's a tough one for me because I think like I have a weird relationship with the saying like, if you don't yeah. love yourself, how can you love anybody else? Yeah. That sort of thing. And I think we're in a period of time where people are moving away from that in a way where they're saying like, even if you struggle to love yourself, you still deserve love and healthy yeah. love and things yeah. like that. You know, it's funny because I just looked at that saying yesterday when I was preparing for one of the Avatar episodes for mm -hmm. Avatar the podcast. Which you can find at thegeekgeneration.com yes. slash Avatar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's super divisive. You're right, Murgles. Online, people either love it or hate it. And I think my stance on it is somewhere in between. Where, I think so yeah. too. I am. Yeah. Well. It's like you can't love someone else unless you love yourself. But not in a wholly perfect way. Like yeah. you have to accept yourself as you are. And that is a form of love. You don't have to like, I don't know, think you're hot shit or think you're great or be selfish. Like you have to have that compassion for yourself before you can allow someone else to love you and, and you love them because you see all the the bad bits and the the hurt bits and the good bits and you're accepting of it all. Like that's kind of what human good human interaction is based on. Yeah. I think I fall somewhere in the middle as well because I see where it stems from. Exactly, the idea yeah. that you can't, you know, the saying somebody said once, you can't really love someone unless you truly love yourself. And I see the, the honest part of that because I feel exactly. like I've been there where it's like, oh, I have to have a certain level of respect. There has to be a certain level of love for me to truly accept everything in that partner or even to just, you know, that saying like it's from some movie somewhere where it was like, you make me want to be a better person. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the internet is sometimes polarized about that by being like, well, you should want to be a better person all the time. And like, what does that mean? Does that mean like your shit normally? No, 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 no. Like 
I feel like I didn't really understand that until I got together with my uh, current partner. Thankfully, it was a situation of like the world opened and I finally realized what that meant. And it meant you just make me feel so good that I want to be the best that I can possibly be for me, Mm -hmm. for you, for just like existing. And you just give me that fire of like, you know, love that I just want to be the best that I can be. And I feel like you have to have a little bit of that before you can really love somebody back in in the same way. You can love people while being clinically depressed and not enjoying your own existence. You know, I I do believe that to be true. Someone can love you back when you are in that state, when you are clinically depressed and they can love every inch of you. But I do think it is an extra step, an extra gift when you do love yourself and your Mm -hmm. partner. Like, I feel like just something extra comes from that, you know? So yeah. in that way, I see kind of where it's coming from Do but I'm also, I don't know if it's age or what, but I'm at this stage now where I just, I'm like, I got to stop looking at things in black and white, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like sayings like this on the internet that polarize people, it's like, well, you know, it's open to interpretation. It's also not all the time. And it's, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean like you have to love yourself completely and fully and you can never go through <laughs> bouts of depression or, yep. you know, like blah, blah, blah to be able to do that. No, that what that saying probably meant was just you need to care. You need to care about your yourself enough to want to do that for somebody else. Because like, if you really do love someone else, you understand that they need you. They need that other person. So you can't just live in an existence for that other person because that's not what they need. Like, you, I mean, everybody needs something different. So insert foot in mouth, but you know what I mean? You can have a really warped version of who you are and you can really not like who you are, but that hurts your partner. Your partner looks at you and loves you. When you get to that point where you can be like, hey man, you know, and it's not all the time, obviously, especially if you're going through something, you know, depression. And But if you're able to go, fuck, man, I look great today or whatever, that is going to tickle the shit out of them. They're going to be like, yeah, you do. I love you, you know? And I just think, <laughs> I do think, I do think being able to grab onto a little bit of like love or acceptance or understanding or compassion. I like the word you used, Acorn, compassion for yourself is like important. And also just knowing when you're not feeling compassionate with yourself, but knowing that it's not forever, you know, yep. sometimes most of the time, most of the time, these are transient feelings and experiences. Some that last five, 10 years, granted a long time, but there are moments within those moments too, where you can feel good and you can be like, man, I'm proud of this thing that I did, you know? Yeah, I did it. And that's enough sometimes. Yeah. And just, just trying to grow from that, I guess. I don't know. Thank you, PB, because that is exactly what I was trying to say. You said it better. (laughs) So I appreciate it. (laughs) I think also that you also need a certain amount of, you don't need a ton, but I think you need a certain amount of self-love and respect to, in order to understand what kind of relationship you deserve. Yes. The boundaries, boundaries and like all that healthy healthy relationship building. You, you need to have some understanding of 
the type of relationship that you deserve to have, which mm-hmm. should always be loving, supporting, accepting, compassionate, yeah. etc. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it means. I think that's yeah. what that phrase means. Because if you're yeah. in a state where you can't even set healthy boundaries for yourself, then they're not going to be healthy boundaries for your partner. Um, yeah. And it's not going to be a situation that serves either of you, particularly mm-hmm. the person that is you know, most of the time being taken advantage of in a situation like that, where they don't know how to set their own boundaries or yeah, you know, yeah. then it's a dangerous slope into then getting into an abusive relationship, whether, exactly. you know, verbally, emotionally, or, you know, physically. So I think, I think you, you, there does need to be a certain level of understanding, even if you don't feel it. And this is yeah. like so important because I felt this for a long time. Even if you don't feel it 100% of the time, you got to at least know it in your headspace. You got to be like, I, this is what I deserve, or this is like the treatment that is okay. Yeah. These are healthy boundaries. And so you're not going to always feel it, but you know, it's like the, the longer you do it, fake it till you make it kind of stuff where eventually Mm -hmm. you're Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, okay. I like this. This is good. You know, I like these healthy boundaries. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I fell in love with my partner during the worst brain time that I'd ever been in. And I remember at that time, there was a lot of hearing things like, oh, you can't love somebody else or you can't be in love with somebody else or have a good relationship unless you love yourself was kind of damaging to me in a way because I was like, well, I don't. (laughs) I'm miserable. You know, like my Mm -hmm. my brain is my enemy right now. But I still I still have that love being given to me. And I by being open to it and allowing yourself to heal. Like I felt like my relationship was very healing at that time because like if this person who I adore can love me even at my worst, when literally all they know is me at my worst right now, (laughs) then wow, I guess like there's something there that I can maybe allow myself to feel towards me anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice tangent, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Francisca and Magnus. I agree that they love each other completely. Francisca is similar to Alexander, as she is trying to keep stuff away from Magnus, but the difference starts as Magnus tries to break down her walls, while Regina gives Alexander the space he needed. I used to only think that Francisca and Magnus's relationship was mostly physical or sexual. I also used to think that it somewhat fulfilled an unhealthy romance trope, as you mentioned from our childhoods, as Magnus followed Francisca trying to figure out what she was hiding. I felt that he didn't respect her privacy, but I can also understand that he was generally suspicious of everyone considering that she was acting shady. His brother and father were missing, and his mother was neglecting him and Marta. So I don't find him evil or anything, but I dislike the way he disrespected her boundaries. Yeah, and I think that's such a good thing to talk about because, again, the whole all or nothing mentality or the black and white mentality of, yeah, he fucked up. He did not respect her boundaries at all. It was insanely creepy. He followed her around. He was like, you know, borderline obsessed with her. But it's Francisca. It's her choice to how she wants to react to that. And she reacts by setting a boundary. She goes, absolutely not. That's gross and weird. And you're weird. And we're not talking for a time. You have violated my trust. And then he changes. He makes the decision to change. So it's like, I think people tend to project their own boundaries onto situations or characters and then go, this is unacceptable and I would absolutely not do that and then paint the relationship as bad or unhealthy because 
it crossed their uncrossable line, which we all have those. And that's yeah. totally cool. Like, personally, I don't know if I would have been able to accept somebody like that back into my life after that weird kind of like stalking thing. I don't know what I would do, but I don't think it's healthy to go. This is an uncrossable boundary for me. So it should be for everyone. And now this relationship is unhealthy because when you look at it, when you actually look at that, she had an, a reaction. It may have followed along a similar trope, but most of the time the tropes just are like, oh, but you're a sparkly vampire, so I'm going to, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. There is no yeah. boundary setting. There is no point where, you know, the person sets the boundary and then there's change or there is acknowledgement. And I think one of the coolest things that you can do in TV right now is to put that trope in and then address it. Or to yeah. put that mm -hmm. thing in there and go, this is a thing. And then have another character react and go, absolutely not. That is not acceptable. And that's one way to kind of show your, especially your younger audience, a healthy boundary or a healthy way of reacting. Or, you know, so I just think if you look at that relationship and you see, yeah, he followed her around and it was super stocky, but then she has the opportunity to react. She's not written two-dimensionally where she's just like, oh, that's romantic, you yeah. know? Yeah, she goes. That's creepy, you ass. And then you know they work through it. Yeah, they work through it. Boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. at, at her own discretion. I think also I've been thinking about this a lot lately. What types of stories we should be telling, and if there is ever a thing that we should be saying, because I think like should all stories be a lesson, or are some stories just merely a reflection of? reality things happen people make mistakes lines do get crossed boundaries do need to be rewritten and reestablished and you know i i i wonder in this scenario i love that she has the reaction she sets the boundary she's very explicit on it and they they find a way forward she finds a way forward and tr like learns to trust him and just because you and I wouldn't be able to do that doesn't mean that someone else or that person, that character doesn't deserve to have that part of their story told as well. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I think I about this a lot yeah. recently. Like the idea of modeling is very important. I feel like our media, television, movies, it models behaviors that are acceptable and good. You know, I'm watching Buffy right now. <laughs> and there's a lot in Buffy that's extremely unhealthy. And then there's like some stuff in Buffy that's pretty healthy in the sense that Buffy does things that she doesn't want to do because she knows it's the right thing to do. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just like went on a tangent. If you guys get what I mean at all. I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I think like, I mean, really what it comes down to is stories are our way of processing our experiences and our lives and picking out themes that are meaningful or that just mean something to our existence. And so I think because of that, there are so many different stories to tell. But I think you're right when it comes down to it, like modeling certain stories, certain tropes or themes is important because it creates almost like that foundation for compassion and self-respect that we were just talking about in regards to love. And I think that's one of the reasons why cancel culture, I have such a problem with it because life is not black and white. It is not just the, the concept of canceling someone after they say one bad thing does not leave any room for compassion, forgiveness, or someone having a chance to better themselves. 
And so while I understand that people are trying to create boundaries to protect themselves or to create safe spaces for different groups in themselves, like at the same time, you can do that and still have love and compassion for another human being. Yeah. And so I think it's good that we're exploring these kind of nuanced situations like in Dark with Magnus and Francisco, because while some groups would say, no, unacceptable, he's canceled forever. Fuck that. He's dead to me. It's also up to the person who's going through that experience to make that decision for themselves. And us as the third person viewer are looking at it and going, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird situation because there's a there. I just it's recent. Right. And we got to we got to remember that, you know, social media and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's all so relatively new in our social lives Mm -hmm. that we're still learning and there needs to be room for error where we look and reassess and we go, this isn't working. I do believe that there needs to be accountability. Yeah. I like the idea of group social accountability. You fuck up and the whole collective goes, yo, not okay. But then there needs to be room for improvement. And exactly. And there is also a fine line between this person pissed me off or I'm angry with the world right now and I'm going to cancel this 17-year-old girl because she posted a photo of her in a fucking prom dress that was cultural appropriation and she didn't know any better and we're now going to bully her into oblivion. Like, not exactly my okay. point. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. You know, do I think we need to cancel that director who was scummy all the way through? Yes, yes I fucking do. Yeah. You know, do we need to get crazy when he is being put on other shows that give him the opportunity to do the same behavior when he hasn't changed or apologized. Yes. Yes. Do that thing. But we just haven't found that middle ground yet that I feel happy with. So, you know, I feel like we need to collectively be working towards finding that middle ground where it's like, yeah, we're doing the things that we need to be doing rather than saying, you know, I feel like accountability and cancel culture are two different things. But most people, when you say cancel culture, are thinking of just like, you know, of the canceling of this, you know, person because of an act that they did, where I do find that like somewhere in there is that accountability piece. That's really important. And we need that and we should use that. But the rest of it and how it's grown into this weird mob, I'm not a fan of at all. Like, I hate it. And we need to be okay to talk about that and to say like, this piece is great, the rest of it, not so good. So how do we fix that? How do we change that? You know, at what point are we using 17 year old girls tweets and she's now only 23 to ruin her life? Like, I, mm-hmm. I you know, there was a, there's a Japanese uh, actor who ended up killing herself. Yeah. Terrace right? House. A wrestler. Yeah. yeah. Because of how she was bullied online. And I just think like, because of not a full no one picture. is talking about that yeah 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 that's exactly right and i think you know there's a huge picket for accountability and they're just glossing over the damage that's being done because exactly. it gives them that one thing and in my opinion right now the ends don't justify the means i feel like what is happening at least with twitter in my limited experience of watching what has happened more people end up getting canceled over shit that's like not anyone's business and it's like a relationship ending yeah, dude, or that's you know that's a mess shit that's not 
that's, that is, that's a mess. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's a mess. And that's not something anyone should have, you know, uh, any business canceling somebody over, you know, if like you're racist, you want take accountability. Yes. Here's your accountability. Fucking take accountability. If you went through a yep. bad breakup and maybe made a couple of mistakes, that's no one's business. Like to me, yeah, I, yeah, I totally agree. I think also like in, in the respect towards like Francisca and Magnus, like, Francisca, it's Francisca's life and her story. If she chooses to get back together with Magnus after that scenario, after she set, she set that boundary, she chooses to get back together with him. They have a relationship. Maybe it breaks off later and she goes, oh, you know what? That actually really sucked. And I didn't take that as seriously as I wish I did. Or I wish I didn't get back together with him. Or that was just a sign. Or actually, you know, he was totally good for the rest of our relationship. You know, like it doesn't allow for this idea that like human life and human experience and like I think there's a huge thing about, especially in regards to Francisca and Magnus, like there's going to be difficulties in your life. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid discomfort. Yeah. And if you're only showing like, yeah. if you're only showing good shit on TV, so this is kind of where I'm falling right now. If you're only showing the good shit, yes, there is a plus side for that in that everybody looks at that and goes, oh, wow, that's how I want to model my, or I want a relationship like this or whatever. But if the downside is that, people not in that already good relationship have nobody to identify yeah. with. And we're mm -hmm. always talking about how representation matters. It matters in all aspects, including you showing that weird manipulative relationship on TV that somebody can identify with and then go, oh my God, having somebody in the show address yeah. it. Yeah. Like I do think that that's the missing piece. Usually that when somebody is painting a very damaging relationship or like, you know, um, a very unhealthy boundary. The only piece I need is just somebody addressing it in the show instead of saying, yeah, it was a very unhealthy relationship. I just wanted to write that because it was my life experience. But yet you're painting it as this most amazing romanticized version of, you know, and then you've got young girls who think that that's okay. It's the difference like, between romanticization yeah. and actual representation. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. She goes on to say, I do think they genuinely cared for and loved each other as they consistently felt that way in the second world. But I guess I don't think they were as healthy as you all described it. But they're also not by far the most tainted relationship in the show. When they were stuck in the past for 33 years, I felt as though they maybe held on to each other in a pragmatic and platonic way. But we also only got a glimpse of the later stages of their relationship. So we don't know what they were like after their honeymoon slash youth phase. I think that's something that also can be addressed is that like they did stay together their reasons for staying together are their own we have our you know theories about what happened in their relationship mm -hmm. and whether we think that that's good or bad <laughs> but at the end of the day it's their relationship and it's how the creators decided to portray that perspective if the world is ending then together mm -hmm. yep i also think like people are gonna fuck up expecting your partner to be like perfect all the time is just it's not going to happen no. it's going to end in disaster so think about this for a second what if francisca says this is a betrayal of trust you cross this boundary it'll never happen again right like no i'm not okay with that and then they go the rest of their lives with him never betraying that trust again ever in in any way and that's super healthy yeah. Yeah. they fucking talked about the issue then he changed and the issue did not present itself again it yeah. becomes unhealthy when he doesn't change. 
and does it again and again and again. Or you see that with serial cheaters, yeah. right? You know, somebody cheats on you and you're like, oh my God, do I want to stay? It's like some people, that's a hard line. Like, absolutely not. I can't trust. The trust cannot be repaired after that. Some people are like, you know what? We've been together for eight years. Oh, okay. Can't ever happen again. It's when it's happening again and again. After and you set a boundary, you, yeah. Yeah, after you set a boundary that you need to be like, well, no, I got to Again, I gotta accountability. Yeah. Yep. 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 I think it's that idea. I think you, you bring up a really good point because I think there are a lot of, I've never been through this, but there are a lot of couples and I think we're starting, we start to see it more in media be represented and stuff, but there are a lot of couples who do have something like that happen where one of the partners cheats on them and they decide to stay. And I think we have this cultural dialogue about how horrible it is that that person decided to stay and the family, like, you know, it, it's like very bad. Now, once again, I've not been through this. Really? Yeah. Because I feel like it's the opposite. I feel like media paints it as something that just happens all the time. Really? <clears throat> yeah. If you watch like How I Met Your Mother or Friends, it's just like, maybe not Friends because Friends is older, but I feel like most of the media Someone's going to cheat on somebody in whatever show oh, you're watching. Oh, for sure. It just happens all the time. And it's just like a thing that occurs. I and, mean, the fallout. You know? I, mean the, like, I mean, the, yeah, the yeah, idea yeah, yeah. that there are people who choose to stay and make it work after that. And I think that typically from, okay, so for example, if I found out that my partner cheated on me, um, that's a hard line for me. I mm -hmm. can't say what I would feel in that moment. I got to be honest. I can't say what decision I would make. I can tell you that I know preemptively that the advice that I would get from the people around me would be to leave. And I know that if I were to stay, it would be in opposition to every voice around me, including society. I would feel like I would be making a decision that is in opposition to what, just by staying, it's in opposition to what would be expected of me in that moment. But there are people who do that. And there are people who then claim to say that that one thing happened and then their relationship was actually amazing after for the rest of their life, you know? And so I think it is this idea of like black and white, right and wrong, all that stuff. It's case by case basis, I guess, case by case mm -hmm. basis, where you are in your life. If you're feeling like you can handle that at the time that it happens, like there are definitely parts of my life where I think that's a hard line for me. There are times in my life where I think it would be an even harder line and who knows how I'll feel in 20 years. If maybe if, yeah, if it happened exactly. in 20 years and I go, hey, listen, we've got like 30 years under our belt. We got 30 years under our belt and like shit happens and I have an and, understanding yeah. of you and mm -hmm. I've also lived my life. There's like a there's like a you bring up such a good point, like case by case basis in that, especially like if you're in a long term relationship. Again, that's pretty much a hard line for me as well. But I'm with you. Yeah. I don't know what would happen if my that actually happened to me. But it's like you know, did your partner get totally smashed uh, at a like work event or something? And ended exactly up, what's the context? Yeah. yeah. What is the context? Because it does it matter. Does. Or has your partner been having this emotional affair for like a year yeah. or having a physical affair for a year? Yeah. You know, like that kind of stuff. Was it once? What, what is the context? Yeah. yeah. Is it during a season of your relationship where you're both really closed off and you're not providing each other what you both need? And so you can at least step back and go, this hurts yeah. me that you went somewhere else and did got this uh, emotional whatever from somewhere else. But do I understand it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Do I still love you? Yes. Do I still do I want to work through that? And that's up to each person. Yep. I think mm -hmm. so, too. 
I think yeah. also like the idea of taking it on a contextual case by case basis, where I think also where maybe a lot of the pain comes from is like if you did have that sort of distance and you thought about doing that yourself and didn't, do you know yes, what I mean? Yeah, and so then yeah. there's a lot of like resentment and vitriol that comes forward like, oh, well, I didn't do that and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think yeah. it just becomes it's living a life, having relationships with other human beings, being a human is a fucking mess. There's yeah. no <laughs> blueprint. There's no, everyone's just trying to figure it out as they go. And there are times when people will make mistakes and there are times when people will fuck up and you do have to decide whether or not that mistake and that fuck up is too big for you to ever forgive. And that is your you know right. What? And that's, yep, you're yep. right to do that. And also it doesn't necessarily make the other person uh, bad, just that they're bad for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's really important because there are there are some things that are lines that people are listening to this going, well, I don't have a, that cheat line, but I have this line and it yeah. feels crazy, but it's not. It's your line to have and yep. you can have it. So, you know, for me per, and understanding you and your own mental state and where you are now is like so important. I'm a I'm a PTSD kid. You cannot cross that trust boundary. Or it, it, it will crumble and probably be irreparable damage. Yeah. And that's just something I have to acknowledge and go, because I don't want to be in that situation where like, yeah, but this person got over it or everybody else would be fine with this boundary being crossed. So, you know, get your shit together, peeps. You know, you can handle this. It's just like this one lie that they told. But that's a hard line for me. Yep. You got to be mm -hmm. honest with me. Yeah. I don't care if what you're saying is like, not cool or if you think it's going to hurt me you got to tell me the truth because if i catch you in a lie no matter how small that wall just starts going yep. super fast yeah and that's that's an example of a silly boundary that i have but it serves me so well so i just have I, it's that's that's one of mine yeah and it's mine to have and that's okay and you know i might get into relationships with people who are like that's a silly weird thing to be weird about and i go okay you're not bad but you're not right for me yeah right yeah. So, you know, go, go do your thing. But, you know, I need, I need people around me that understand that boundary because while I am working on certain aspects of where I am, it's not perfect. And it's just what I need right now. And, you and might I'm change lucky your mind. that I got it. Yeah. I might, I might change my mind yeah. later, but right now I was lucky enough to find a partner that feels the same way. And yeah. it's like, you know, just having that level of absurd honesty about everything is great. So, you know, mm -hmm. do I know the dangers of saying, babe, does this make me look fat? Because he's going to tell me the fucking truth no matter oh, what. Preach. Right? Same, yeah. dude. And I yep. love it. I yeah. fucking love it because I know everything out of his mouth is the truth. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's just great. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. Really great points, both yep. of you. I think this is a good conversation to have because like it, it ties to so much about our life right now, like especially with social media and Twitter. Yeah. My God. Yeah. yeah. There's no, it does feel like there's no room. Everyone has to be the perfect human and there's no room for uh -huh. no room for fuck up otherwise a mountain falls on you yeah and again just to be clear there's a difference between accountability mm -hmm. for repeated terrible if you're mm -hmm. bad if you're like doing shit that's not that hurts people just don't hurt people as much as you can and i think i've said this before there's a maya angelou quote that i love that i think about all the time which is when you know better you do better yeah i didn't know better but now i do so now i do better and I think like mm -hmm. it, it allows people, I, I think we should have a little bit compassion and forgiveness for ourselves. Cause I think what all of that comes from 
is that we don't give that to us. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Or we feel it's not been given to us. Yeah. So then we lash out and don't want to give it to other people. Yeah. And again, I'm right there with you, Maurice. There is a difference between accountability and the outfall that has happened because of that called cancel culture. Like they're two very different things. And I think they're just Mm -hmm. they're just snake eating its own tail each other right now. Everything's intertwined and connected and it's a huge mess. But as somebody who, you know, has a significant amount of time with social media, and it's actually caused me to take a step back from social media because of this. It's like, I, I don't know, you know, I am okay with this person is an abuser, like an, an abuser that we cannot allow to get away without some sort of accountability. You know, I, I get that. I'm not okay with the 17 year old girl that gets bullied into killing herself because she wore a dress that she thought was pretty but now she knows better like there's a way to educate without destroying someone yeah and i just think we lose that you know yeah Yeah. and everybody just forgets that there's another human on the other side of that fucking monitor or that phone and they're getting hundreds of messages saying go die i hope you die in a fire instead of being like hey i'm chinese this means this to uh me to my family, please, you know, let me try to explain. And it's not their job. It's not anybody's job to explain to somebody who overstepped. But if the alternative is bullying this person who's like 20 years old or 17, she was 17 until, you know, she can't exist anymore. She's like hating herself. Please take the time. If you're going to take the time to shit on her, take the time to educate her for a second. You know, if you're going to contribute to the conversation at all and your comment is go die, you dumb bitch. Stop. What? Stop right now and say this was wrong. And here's why. Link a link if you fucking have to. But if you're going to contribute to the conversation, contribute. Just If you're going to spend. Yeah. Yeah. If you're if you're going to spend that time anyway, just have the compassion for. Yeah. And I don't care who it is or how angry it makes you. It Mm -hmm. It should be that way all the time. Yeah. And yeah. if if you're wrong and that person is the worst person on the fucking planet, you did your best. Yeah. And you gave them the benefit of the doubt and they ended up being an asshole. Okay. But you're not driving a 17-year-old girl to, to suicide. Yeah. You know, like you're not part of that. And people just don't think about that at all. You know, I don't think a single person has looked at, holy shit, this 20-year-old kid killed himself from bullying in university. Look at his Twitter feed. Do any of those people feel guilt at all no they tweeted and fucking forgot about it yeah they tweeted go kill yourself and then moved on we had a this is the last i will say about it. i'm so sorry we had a streamer who ended up taking his own life after posting something like i really miss my girlfriend or i'm just really sad right now or like he i think he proposed to her online and she didn't reply enough or like fast enough And all of Twitter was basically like making fun of him or like, dude, she's not going to say yes. Like, oof, you you know, you big oof kind of thing. And all these horrible comments. He ended up killing himself before she even had a chance to see it. And it was like, yeah. And looking at the comments, not one person, I bet, maybe one went back and went, oh, God, I shouldn't have done that. But everybody else went, oh, oh, and fucking moved on. And I just hate that. I just. I hate that, that there's no, (laughs) we're crying for accountability 
on a website that doesn't keep us accountable for what we're saying and all the shit that we're doing and putting out there and like, you know, all the mean tweets you're doing. Like, I just, I don't know. It's a whole fucking thing. I'll stop talking about it so we don't have to cut it out. But like, I could ramble about this for hours because I just I, don't yeah, have yeah, an answer. With you. Me yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we've been talking about it so much yeah. because we feel very strongly about this. Yeah. Like, and I yes, know it, I, it's it, important. It's important and it bothers me, but I don't have an answer. So that's exactly, when I tend yeah. to get rambly where I'm just like, this happened and this happened, but what's the answer? Yeah. And like, we know that there's something wrong with the current Mm -hmm. recipe that we have. Obviously we know why this recipe is like happening because accountability is not being had in other places. And people are feeling a lot of pain about the fact that these abusers keep being able to get jobs and still work and still hurt people. And so that's Mm -hmm. where that came from. But there is this schadenfreude like there's this sort of like yes um this it's a public execution people love a public execution there's a reason why we've been doing it for centuries just watching someone get hung in public and i think that there's not a single person on this planet who can say that they've never once enjoyed the downfall of someone that they felt deserved it oh hell yeah yeah i'm the worst for that (laughs) i'm the worst for that I'm like, oh, that person that I know has been schemy and trashy all through, you know, Twitch and blah, blah, blah. They just got fucking called out. Fuck yeah, that was a good one. But yeah. then I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the same thing. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, I just it's there's no fucking answer. It's tough. Well, I mean, there might be an answer. I just don't know what it is. So it's, yeah. ju- it's just a tough situation. And it's like, yeah, anyway, we should probably get back to the f- email. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Julia. (laughs) Jonas and Marta. I personally love their love for each other to a certain extent. I agree that they have young love. I think in a way it's appropriate for the age that they start loving each other. 16, 17-ish. Sure, it isn't an adult love and becomes unhealthier over time, but that's because they didn't have the time to develop their love. Both of their lives spiraled out of control and they dedicated their lives to retaining slash destroying the knot. All they can do is hold on or try to let go of what they once had. Mm. Adult Jonas had to spend 33 years in a post-apocalyptic world, plus two-ish years if you count the time before the apocalypse, constantly thinking about fixing things while losing the will to live. So I can see why he would have clung on to some of the brightest moments of his life, which was Marta, regardless of their invisible bond, Ariadne. He held on to Marta until he came to the conclusion that there's no way to actually fix it and that the world needs to be destroyed in order to end all his and everyone else's suffering. Even as Adam, he still cares about her in some way, but prioritizes his plan. Same with Ava. And Jonas fell fell for Alt Martha, but I think he felt conflicted and guilty about it because it wasn't his Martha, which is why he dreamt about his Martha was next to him in bed after having sex with Alt Martha. Because ultimately, he would always feel something for any Marta because of their invisible bond. When Jonas died, I think for Alt Marta, it felt like losing her guide, the only person who truly understood her and who she felt deeply connected to. While she was pushed to let go of Jonas and kill him, she found it difficult. Adult Alt Marta slash Afa may have seemed like she hated Jonas slash Adam, but the way she almost jealously says Dina Marta to Jonas when she's holding the medallion in a caring way. And when Adam explains what was about to happen, you can see that beneath that rage is someone who was hurt by love. She knew that Jonas was always going to choose his world and his Marta. And when she's young, she even finds Ava's body dead in her lair after Adam shoots her. 
but she still feels that pull towards him. And I think that Adam and Ava's final scene, where they pushed it all aside and became vulnerable with each other, even though they never technically met each other, and caused so much harm to each other, shows how deep their connection is. As you pointed out, their relationship can be interpreted as ten houses projecting Merrick and Sonia in their love. So if J plus M are cosmically connected through them, it could be interpreted that Jonas and Marta are soulmates in a sci-fi way. It is almost a modern take of the unworldly love we got from stories as kids. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about the feeling of love with my boyfriend, and we came to a kind of conclusion. While we can try to categorize and explain what love is as a feeling in and of itself, I think it is ultimately inexplicable. Everyone feels it, but everyone interprets it through their own lenses, but the feeling itself is mysterious. People can argue that brain chemistry can be one way of explaining the feeling itself, but we don't think it's the only way. We can all agree with each other about things you can look for in love, trust, companionship, intimacy, etc. But the feeling itself is hard to pin down in a universal way. In a long-winded way, I think while all the other couples portray types of love that we can identify with, J plus M aren't hashtag relationship goals or what we should consider adult love, but maybe they portray the abstract feeling of love itself. As mysterious and inexplicable love can be, so is their bond. Julia, I, yeah, what I'm the like, fuck? Yeah, like, I know. Excuse I have me. nothing to add to this because this is perfection. Exactly. Mm-hmm. This Holy is perfect. shit. I fucking love every second of that. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, please continue. This can be one explanation as to why I like them so much, but I don't even fully understand, which is very fitting. Also, my boyfriend Flo looks a bit like Lewis Hoffman, so I joke that I project my love for him onto Jonas. <laughs> oh God, I do that all the time. Yeah. I do that all the yeah, time. Same. Right there with you. In the end, I think they are tragic star-crossed lovers who simply want yes. to be together, but choose to sacrifice their bond and themselves for the greater good. Although it's a narrative that's been overused, I feel like the writer, director, and actors just nailed it. I think yep. that's, I'm like, because we're saving Jonas and Marta for the end of the podcast, mm-hmm. I have been purposefully avoiding or not fully di- diving deep into how I feel yes. about them and their Me relationship. Too. So that we can cover it organically. Yeah. So this was really lovely to read because I feel like it did bring up a lot in me that it sounds so silly, but I think like through our work on this podcast so far, I've been sort of building this resistance and we've been talking a lot about the brokenness of the timeline and the brokenness of these characters and the trauma and the pain and the repeated tragedy that I kind of think I've forgotten like the beauty in the show and the beauty of their relationships and that despite all of these things they still feel love and joy and Mm -hmm. like I remember watching through the show and just the stranger the way he looks at Marta yeah I remember thinking to myself like oh my god I'm gonna cry just because of the way he's looking at you. Yeah. And yeah. I just, holy. There's a, a line in a show that I recently watched that hit home for me very beautifully. And I think it hit home for a lot of people who are watching the show because I'm seeing like it come up. But the line is basically, what is grief if not love persevering? And yeah. I think about it after what you just said, it just like those two things connected for me that Maybe while I've been focusing on this show in terms of its tragedy and its struggle and its pain and suffering, those things exist because these characters love each other so much and they follow these paths of love and they are in grief. And in fact, the entire show is Tan House's grief. 
So it yeah. makes sense mm-hmm. that these characters feel so much love and that, yes, pain comes from that, but you need the love to be there in order to even get to that second step. Yeah. And it could also be argued that love is literally the only thing that gets them over the precipice, yeah. right? They, yeah. like, I'm destroying the world so that we're not trapped in pain together forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Winden is a cancer. Many times in the show, they talk about how Winden is a cancer or how everyone is part of one huge cancer slash not. And we find out the two alt worlds are growths from the origin world, just like how cancer actually works. Like cancer, the two worlds are toxic and make all relationships and individuals more tainted. You can see this individual representation in all the characters and relationships at the final dinner scene and the differences between the origin and alt worlds. Without the knot, Hannah doesn't obsess or get entangled with the Nielsens, Ulrich and Michael and Mikkel, and seems to be in a happy relationship with Wohler, who has all his limbs and both eyes healthier. Similarly, without the knot, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are lots of people who, you know, don't have limbs or extremities or something and they're, they're, they're fine. They're healthy. Yeah. So similarly, without the knot, Katerina seems to be more at peace since her traumas wouldn't have happened except for her mother's abuse, which maybe didn't escalate since she didn't kill older Katerina. Peter and Bernadette can be happily out together and are accepted by others and themselves because Charlotte doesn't exist and end up with Peter. Of course, Regina doesn't have Alexander, which is sad in and of itself, but probably without Ulrich, she wouldn't have been as, or maybe ever, as mistreated by Katerina, thus not needing him there in the field because the scene wouldn't have happened. Alexander probably sadly died from the gunshot wound in the woods or found help elsewhere. It's also interesting to think the healthiest couple in the two alt worlds inside of the toxic loops weren't together outside of the loop and in the origin healthier world. Yeah. yeah. Also, Regina doesn't lose her mom and grandpa when she is just about 15 or so. So she doesn't die from being smothered or from cancer and she has both her parents around. So those are huge non-toxic bonuses. Finally, Claudia and Bernd. The age difference definitely still creeps me out, but I guess it is what it is. The point you guys made about how maybe she just slept with him to get ahead in her career is valid. I think that was probably a big reason why, but I also think they may have some form of love. They're both highly intelligent scientists, strategists, with somewhat warm hearts when it comes to their children, and maybe they bond on those commonalities. He also left his company to her, so there's clearly a level of respect. Yeah, yeah. Right? A thousand percent. Yeah. My theory is that, yes, maybe in worlds one and two, they slept together with their hope of with her hoping to get ahead. I actually don't know how I feel about that anymore. Um, just hearing, yeah. hearing you say that back to me, I like regret that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we were just talking about like, you know, as it one possibility yeah. that it could have been that way. But I don't think I subscribe to that theory anymore because seeing that they are together in origin world, right? Yeah means that there's something there more than just uh, an affair. Yeah. But the way it's presented in the initial seasons, it does seem that way because she doesn't really give us any sign that there's any emotional connection there whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it could also be that in these worlds, there was a spark, but because the power plant was there, Mm -hmm. because of all the things going on in their lives, they smothered that spark they didn't yeah. pursue it they didnn't build anything from it they only Work had that one fleeting or, con- yeah yeah yep, you right. had that fleeting connection uh and then everything else was built off of their their legacies yeah yep yep 
Yeah. I'm down. I'm down with that. But maybe they ended up not staying together due to fear of judgment or not being completely honest about their feelings for each other. For them to have stayed together and raise Regina in the origin world must mean that they decided to not care what others thought and or were honest about their feelings for each other, thus taking a healthier approach. Also, the power plant would not have been built in the origin world because the unknown wouldn't have forced the mayor, question mark, to sign the approval forms in the 1950s. So for Claudia, there was no plant to aspire to work at, although I'm sure she went after her career elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's interesting to talk about age gap because clearly I feel like Julia, you are, wow, that age gap creeps me out and you know, they must not have worried about what other people think. I don't think people bat an eye when it's like, if you're older, yeah, you know, if you're 38 and they're, you know, in their fifties or there's that 20 year age gap, as long as you're older, I don't think anybody gives a shit. But, but when you're younger, yes. Yeah. You know, if she's dating, you know, a 30 year old or 40 year old man and she's 19. No. Yeah. Not okay. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before. There's, you just, you get to a certain point in your life. There's a period of time where you change so much. Yeah. You hit a point where you're more mature. You've gone through some experiences. You've become who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. You're constantly growing, of course, but like you, you go through rapid growth yeah. in your life up until like, I don't know, late twenties, thirties or so. So like, yeah, older individuals who are in a relationship with an age gap, not yeah. as weird because they're on the same level. Yeah. People who have a huge age gap in there, like, you know, one is very young, one is very old. It's, it's more difficult. There's a lot more, there are a lot more dynamics and things going on in that yeah, kind of and I age think, gap. Yes. Acorn's right. And I think that a lot of projection is happening. Like for yeah. example, my, my grandfather and my grandma were, he was graduating high school when she was in kindergarten. So that's a huge age gap, but they didn't meet until they were, you know, well into adulthood. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's totally different. And I mean, you know, there are, there are people I know that are in relationships that are with a huge age gap and they're happy. Yeah. So do I think it's one way or the highway black and white for, no, I don't think that, but I think it's just extra concern or extra consideration might need to be taken before entering into that kind of a relationship because you have you know you have to remember that whoever the younger person is you're going to be going through a lot more changes and you know the person who is you know has 30 years experience on you or 20 years experience on you 20 years is a lot of growth time yeah so they they might be static and it's it might just might be a situation where you know the younger individual outgrows the relationship once they get to a certain point and it's just weird and difficult and i just think extra consideration needs to be taken before either party enters into that kind of relationship because the age gap when you're young makes a huge difference in your your development and there's just so much more growth to go when you're both like well into your you know midlife then sure okay i don't think it i don't think it changes that much but i think who you are from 18 to 25 oh so different huge man than oh, yeah. 30 to yeah. 38 yeah i mean yeah there's a huge change but is it this is it the same extreme i don't think so i think in this particular case what kind of weirds me out about them is that he knew her when she was young and that yeah. is weird Dude, to me okay hold on let me just tell you one thing yeah i, I just want to i'm watching twin peaks 
Sorry yeah. if it's a spoiler, but it's been out for like 25 years. There's just <laughs> one character. She's 18 years old. Yeah. And there's another character in the show that comes in. And I think it's supposed to be this like whirlwind romance for her. But his first interaction with her is to look at her name tag and go, huh? Oh, I have a photo of you from when you were. What, did, what does he say? I got to be so clear because it's so creepy. Okay. He goes, oh, I have a photo of you. You're wearing red and you're dressed up and you're like, Heidi. And she goes, huh? And then she goes, oh, I was 10. And he's like, you know, you know, charming or whatever. He's a family friend that has come back to visit, right? And he knew her when she was 10. And now she's 18. And they kind of have this like whirlwind romance. And I'm like, that's that is gross. That's she was weird, 10. dude. Yeah. You have a I, photo of her. Like, I don't know what writers thought that was romantic, but like, what the fuck? That's so yeah. fucking weird. You know, I just, yeah. I think about it. I think about it from my own life because I will be yeah. honest. I, uh, mm -hmm. okay, let's get real honest. <laughs> oh, when I was like 14, I had a huge crush on Gil Grissom in CSI. This, <laughs> this, uh, this follows a pattern throughout most of my teenage years, early twenties, where I just yeah. had strong emotional feelings for fictional characters. I'll say they were fictional because this is very important. I never had a relationship with someone who was significantly older than me. I think the top, you know, age gap was about five years, but I will tell you in reflection that when I think about who I was when I was 20 and then thinking that I was dating someone who was 25. There is a huge jump there. And I think about myself now dating someone who's 20. I just, I don't know what I would have oh, to say yeah. to you, my dude. Um, <laughs> like I just, what, what on earth would we talk about? And then there's also that element of like very mature for their age. I, that's, tr that's a trauma brain <laughs> having yeah. to deal with life at a different rate than other people. But that doesn't mean that their experiences match their ability to comprehend what's happening. And yeah. so yeah. I think like, wow, that is so important. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, yep. I can have an understanding that bad things happen, but there's a difference between having that understanding and that experience. I just think that there's life experience is so compounded, especially I think in the ages from like 15 to 25, you change so much. Your brain, your brain develops until you're 25. Like yeah, your brain isn't done developing. Yeah. It's not done cooking. You're still in the oven until you're 25. So I think like, I don't know, when I look back at my teenage self, I will say this. I don't regret the experiences that I've had in my life. And I think that it, probably anyone you talk to who's in an age gap relationship would not regret having explored that or done that. I think we have to accept that each person has their own journey. Do I think it's gross that I had a crush on Gil Grissom when I was 14? Yeah a bit uncomfortable for me now but that's what i yeah. needed um and that's what i felt i don't know how else to explain it right yeah if you feel yeah. something that's those are your feelings it, when you're having those feelings you're not exactly sitting there over analyzing them being like well yeah. i'm feeling this because of this this and this and now that i understand that i no longer feel this la 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 no um, you're like dude is so hot yeah like, yeah like you know, i don't thinking, yeah look thinking. at that bug <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, God. Gil Grissom. <laughs> Tell me about the rate of death based on those maggots. I don't <laughs> Dude, what can you do? What can honestly, what can you do? And was I primed to probably be preyed upon by someone who was older? Absolutely. Am I completely oh, yeah. lucky that that never happened? Absolutely. Yep. I am very lucky 
that my appreciation for older fictional characters stayed with fictional characters. Yep. It remained yep. fictional. So, you know, I, I I think it's I think it's a thing, right? You gotta respect the you gotta respect the person who's younger for them living their life and following their feelings and mm-hmm. they may eventually regret it. They may eventually not. That's their story. Mm-hmm. That's their life. It That's has nothing to do. Yep. It has nothing to do with us. But I do think it is still sort of important to recognize that like there is a difference in yeah. experience. Yeah. And understanding. And there's also and power a lot power. of the time too. And that's yeah. kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. Like for me personally, I would like an equal parts relationship yes. where I don't feel like, you know, one person is, you know, way ahead in the game than the other. Yeah. You know, like where we both have equal experiences. They're not obviously going to be exactly the same, but it's like, we can understand where we're coming from and go, oh, okay. If I had been in a relationship with somebody much, much older when I was younger, there's a weird, it would have been very easy for me to admire and pedestal that person. Yes. So yeah. hard. Yep. And that is not serving me or anyone because then it's like this person can do no wrong. And then it's like weirdly bordering a parental, like they're yep. going to teach me, mentor me type thing. It shapes you. Yeah. It shapes mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah, versus being in an equal parts relationship where I'm free to explore and fuck up without feeling that like they're going to go, oh, yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't personally Mm. I don't want that. No. So but that's just me. And some people some people are everybody's different. Well, I'm I'm telling you, like, I I'm still unpacking a lot of the parts of me that I took on from someone else. And Mm -hmm. I think that you do that no matter who you're with, really. But Mm -hmm. When mm-hmm. it's when it's a when there's a huge age gap and there's admiration and pedestaling and all that stuff happening, I was ve- I'm very mm-hmm. that was a huge dynamic for me for most of my life. Yeah, this idea of untouchable pedestal, all that stuff, and the mm-hmm. parts of me that I changed, adapted, brought in. Yeah, the shoes I wear. Yeah. Uh, so I have a weird plus story, like a positive story. I just remembered. I had a friend who, when she was 18, she was dating somebody, I think he was 40-something. I'd completely forgotten about this until just now in this conversation. And they dated till she was like 25. And it wasn't necessarily that she outgrew him, but sort of. But it was like, he liked how excited and dewy-eyed she was with the world. And it sparked life in his life. And it was good. And she liked his experience of the world because she didn't have parents. So it was like, it, it really served them both up until the yeah. point where she was like, well, now I want to settle down and like, you know, d- I want to do other things and they don't fit, but their breakup was okay. And when she looks back, she's like, he taught me finances. He taught me all these things. And like, it was a great relationship. So I would just remembered a happy story. I mean, yeah. you know, they're not still together, but like, it wasn't super unhealthy. Like they were together and they you know, he treated her right. It wasn't like a weird, you know, power dynamic kind of thing. It was, you know, very much if she, she was like, I want to buy my own shit, but you can teach me what I'm doing yeah. with my savings and stuff. But like, you can't, yeah. you know, you're not going to be like a, you know. Well, not- actually, you know, going off of what you just said, it, mm-hmm. it sounds equal because they yeah. were both coming to the relationship needing mm-hmm. something that the other person had. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a weird power dynamic because mm-hmm. they were both getting something very valuable out of the relationship from the other person. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't until retrospect that they realized that, right? So yeah, it wasn't exactly. until 
knew her at 25 that she was like, oh, you know, yeah, I was. And that was because I think she says, uh, and most of the time when I tell people about my relationship, their response is, oh my God, you wasted your good years. And, you know, like you were dating from, you know, 18 to 25 or whatever. And like, you know, there go all your young years and you spent them, you know, with this older man. And she's like, I just don't see it that way. I see it as like a really formative time. I'm really grateful for that. Like, you know, I got, it was, it, it was a beautiful relationship and, you know, it ended when it ended, but it wasn't like, it wasn't this weird, you know, he's taking advantage of you thing. And yeah. You know, she's like, is it nice that my boyfriend and I go out somewhere and we don't, everyone doesn't look at us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, because that happens when you're young and you're, you know, with somebody older is like everybody in the room is going to look. But um, it's just little things that she would mention as like, oh, you know, do I miss that? No, I don't miss that. But I also really enjoyed the relationship. So I don't appreciate when people are just kind of like, oh, you know, you've, you dodged a bullet or you wasted yeah. your good years or whatever. So yeah. I just think it's important That's to remember there are moments like that. There are good stories like that. It just so happens that because of the nature of the age gap and development that it is rife for also being taken advantage of. Yeah. So that happens mm-hmm. a lot, but there yeah. are some good stories as well too. So, mm-hmm. and it does, it does also like victimize people who don't ask for that when you mm-hmm. sort of make that position. It's mm-hmm. like people are allowed to make decisions based on their uh-huh. context and their own yep. stuff and their own desires, their own things, desires you know? and case by case basis, friends. It's this idea yep. of like, yep. yeah, context is key. Case context. by case. Yeah, there yes. you go. <laughs> Should we get back to Julia's <laughs> yeah. letter? I'm so sorry, Julia. But you know what? This is good, though, because it spurred so much discussion. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you know it's a really good letter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she says, ultimately, the origin world is a healthier world, despite not having many meaningful characters and relationships. Those are my thoughts. Thank you for reading if you got this far. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah, we did. I don't know if it adds much insight or perspective, but I just wanted to share. Have a lovely weekend and looking forward to listening to you guys. Best wishes, Julia. Julia. Oh, my God. What a good letter. Julia, that was a gem. Yeah, that was a gem of a letter for sure. Send us a second email. So if you guys want to. Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Hey there, sorry, I just saw a comment online and felt it expanded on what I said about Jonas and Marta in the last email. Oh, heck yeah. I love this. I love this. (laughs) This is about the ending scene where Jay and M are about to cease to exist together. Yes. So this is the comment. One of the many things I loved about this scene is that it confirmed that Jonas fell for this Marta too. A huge theme in season three was how the alternate world Marta felt she couldn't compare or couldn't compete with the original Marta until the cave scene where Jonas asked her if he was different from the Jonas she met earlier, just like Marta previously asked Jonas if she was different from his Marta, to the scene between the dimensions where they saw each other as kids and found themselves in the void, to finally this scene where Jonas told her they were a perfect match. Yes, go. I was going to say this for the Jonas-Marta episode, and I have more. Okay. But I just want to say, I think... In a show about time travel, it didn't hit me until third watch that that is what it's like to be in a relationship and grow together with someone through time because you're not the same person that you were before. So the fact that you can go, you know, do you still love me? You know, do you love me like you love that Marta? Well, it's possible that you are, you change and you grow and you are not the same as when you were. And in that scene, 
that scene hits me so hard because he goes, we're still a perfect match. No matter what we've been through, no matter what time period, no matter, you know, whether I'm Adam or you're Ava or whether we're Jonas and Marta or whether we're from that world or that world, it doesn't matter how you change. I will love you forever. And that is like, it's powerful shit, man. Yeah. (laughs) It's powerful shit. Because to me, like I saw that scene and I was like, oh, cool. But it didn't really hit home until much later. And then again with Julia's first note saying they hadn't even really met before. Yeah. That moment. And just knowing I know someone so well that, you know, I will love you forever. And I love you. The core of you. I love you. No matter what you've done, no matter what, I know your heart, where your heart was. I know your heart. I know why you were doing it. And I know that I disagreed with you and I was doing something different, but we both were doing it for the same reason, which is that we wanted to be whole again, or we wanted everyone to be okay. Um, And I just, I think that that's particularly beautiful. And to me, it was like an honest to goodness wedding vow. Like when you sit there and you say through sickness and in health, right. You know, I will love you no matter who you become or what changes, you know, that's kind of what it felt like to me. So yeah, I'm right there with you. Normalize that, man. There's yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, <laughs> normalize knowing someone's heart. I hate saying yeah. normalize this, but truly, I think we're now in a period of time where I feel everything online or the appearance, the veneer that we live mm-hmm. with is this idea yeah. of everyone needs to be perfect and do the right thing. And if people fuck up, don't accept it. It goes back to cancel culture. It's this idea of like, you know, what's under those veneers fucking hearts. sharpen down fangs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's why I'll never get veneers, dude. When I saw how you get veneers. Yeah. Anyone you, listening, you, do you know yeah. this? They file down your teeth into like little stubs. And if you see a mouth without veneers, anyway yeah it's yeah. horrifying yeah it's horrifying but you still love them <laughs> but yes I'm also yeah. hearts. but you look underneath great it when they're on hearts. but yeah but yes underneath it all is hearts <laughs> but yeah i just i just think i yeah i uh, but also also knowing that you know there are seasons and people grow and change and there might come a point where you don't serve each other anymore and you know just because I shouldn't say just because you vowed, because that's like a huge fucking deal. But like, I don't believe in the idea that you have taken this vow. And yes, it should be traditionally that that is the point of the vow, that you are there together till the end. But life is short. A lot of shit can happen. And people do change. So the person you were at 20 when you made that vow might not be the person at 45 whose partner is now you know, gone into this, you know, abusive kind of situation, leave. There's loving each other through growth and growing together. And then there's growing apart. And sometimes, sometimes you do the latter, not the former. It takes a lot of work to do the former. You have to be communicating and paying attention to where you're going and growing and adjusting. You have to be adaptable. Case by case. Case by case. This is it. This is our mantra now. That's the title. Yeah. Context is key. Case by case. Yep. Yes. (laughs) That might be my fucking life mantra now. Yeah. I might just say it every day and remind myself context is key, peeps. Case Case by case. Case case by case. Mm -hmm. He finally found a version of Marta he could be with since they were not related like in his world. They hadn't become disillusioned yet like Adam and Ava would. And they had not lost their innocence yet since they hadn't done the awful things their older counterparts did. They were truly a perfect match. So that's the comment. 
Julia mm-hmm. goes on to say, I agree that those scenes show this, show that this and the other Jonas fell for Alt Marta as well. Another moment that shows this is how he gave Alt Marta the pendant as he was dying. I think no matter what, they'll always share similar genes. So I don't think he finally found a version of Marta he could be with since they're not related, quote unquote. I think at this point, Jonas is over it. haha. And maybe Alt Marta doesn't even know. But I agree with the point about disillusionment and innocence. They reached the point that they both lost their naivete in similar, if not the same way. Plus, they had that cosmic bond. So I agree that these versions of Jonas and Marta being together, even if it was for a few moments before ceasing to exist, were the perfect match for each other. Thought maybe you guys would appreciate it since you're doing Jonas and Marta episodes soon. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I say something that we may need to cut out once yeah, you check me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares if they're related? I it's totally agree with you. I agree with you. I agree you. too. I agree Thank with God. you. Like, am I so weird? Like, no. I get that. I get that from a gene pool perspective. And like, you know, I, I understand. Genes are not the risks, morality. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, there you like, go. I just like, who cares? Who cares if they're cousins and they want to be together? And maybe that's a really weird thing. But like, it's not my relationship. I'm not yeah, in it. Yeah. Would I want to date my cousin? No. But like, you know, if they do and they're happy, who fucking cares? Yeah. Leave them alone. I agree, Let them man. do their thing. I agree. Here's my opinion on it. You know, this the stories of like siblings who are separated at birth and then grow yeah. up and then find and each then other. Like and then they like, they fall in love. They, fall in love. they, they don't know. They're siblings. Yeah, yeah. Then they find yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Fucking live your life, dude. Go live yeah. with your fucking sibling. It doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. I don't think it matters Because they were in your life before. Yeah. Case by case yes, basis. Obviously. Case you know? by case yeah. basis. Yeah. yeah. But in this scenario, they didn't know when they fell in love. They didn't know yeah. that they were cousins or related. Yeah. Or... Yeah. They had no idea. They had no they clue. They were childhood friends from different yeah. families yeah. living in yeah. the same town. Like, I don't think it's, it's fair to be like, oh, yeah. it's, you can't do it. You can never love each other because of like the blood. It's like, yeah, my heart doesn't know the blood. I wasn't raised with the blood. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So then yeah. who who cares? Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that. And for so long, I felt like I'm a weirdo because I'd be like, Jonas Marta, just who, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think uh, the taboo runs very deep socially. Yeah. That's but, why. But it it's so weird because it didn't used to. Uh-huh. It used to be. They would, you know, royalty would marry other, you know, you'd marry your cousin or your whatever. And you'd marry your brother. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To keep the family line. Yeah. To keep the family line. And I I think it's just strange. Like it runs so culturally deep because we know that, you know, genetically, that's not good to do that. Yeah. But like in, in a day and age where we are kind of sort of beyond that. You know, we're not all here to just propagate. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, some people would argue that, but uh, I'd say a lot of us now acknowledge that people can live their lives without that one true desire and that that's fine. So like, I just, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not here to just genetically continue a line. Yeah. I'm so glad I said that. And I'm so glad you both agree with me. I, totally I was like you. sitting here thinking I've been crazy this whole time. No, so that's yeah. great. Jonas and Marta, especially in Jonas and Marta's case. Yeah. Where they didn't yeah, grow up together. Yeah. They didn't know they were related. Yeah. For no sure. one in their family knows yeah. they're related. It's this like weird mm-hmm. timeline thing. It's not like a socially, yeah. you know, the cousin that you see every year, maybe everyone, the family knows it's weird. But if like you just found each other 
and then you find out that you were related somehow down the line and no one yeah. knew about it. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Big deal. Okay. We can leave that in. Thought maybe you guys would appreciate it since you're also doing the Jonas and Marta episode soon. P.S. I'm quarantining alone at the moment and definitely found refuge in your podcast and listen to most episodes at this point. Thank you once again. Best wishes, Julia. So thank you so much. Julia, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed this deep dive on your email. Yeah, that's a wrap. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So thank you so much for listening to this week's Radio Winden. If you would like to email us, you can email us at darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us, Radio Winden on Twitter. You can also tweet at us individually, Mergles, Pumpkinberry, Acorn Bandit. You can also use the hashtag darkcompanionpod. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to our Radio Winden. We will be back next week with our main episode about the unknown. Take care. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Radio Winden. See you next time.